Okay, hello everybody. Today is Wednesday, and on Wednesdays of this year, I've been doing a segment about the Long Island serial killer. But first, I would like to give a big thank you to everyone who listened to the special bonus episode that came out over the weekend, where I was talking about the 911 calls in the case of Shannon Gilbert that have been released. Shannon Gilbert is an unconfirmed victim of the Long Island serial killer, and not only did I play the 911 calls here on this channel, but I also gave some commentary, and it was a bonus episode for the weekends. So, and as always, uh, every Monday on Black Box Online Radio is Zodiac Mondays and Fridays and Anything Goes, where any subject is fair game, and I would invite you to like and subscribe and follow along with all of these true crime discussions if you're curious, and a great way to support this show in addition to everything that has been mentioned in the introduction is to go over to buymeacoffee.com slash blackboxned88, and if you'd like to make a contribution, always welcome. There's a link to that in the description box. That's the easiest way to find it. All the funds are going to be spent on uh, future projects for this channel, and all of you supporters who have contributed so far, you guys are awesome. But to continue with the story about the Long Island serial killer, today I'm going to be discussing the case of Maureen Brainerd Barnes, who is the first confirmed victim of the post-Manorville Butcher years, because for a long time, the Long Island serial killer was mutilating the victims and separating their remains, discarding part of the bodies in this place, and then moving another part of a woman's body to another place. And the authorities knew that there was a serial killer operating. They called him the Manorville Butcher. Then for some reason, in 2007, this person decided to stop, to stop cutting up the bodies of the victims. Some people think that it was two killers. Other people think that there was something more sinister going on, that there were multiple people. These are the henchmen of some type of elite group. And there is the simpler theory that this is just a single person who decided to change the way in which he committed the crimes. But four victims were discovered together. They are known as the Gilgo Four. The first woman who was murdered in that grouping was named Maureen Brainerd Barnes. But to provide a little bit of a recap or backstory in this episode, I would like to go back to 1996 and to look at the first confirmed victim of the Long Island serial killer, and that is the Fire Island Jane Doe. And she, again, she was murdered and mutilated. Then there was Peaches Jane Doe in 1997, as well as her daughter, Baby Doe. All three of those women are still unidentified to this day. Absolutely saddening. But the next time the Long Island serial killer operated was three years later, more or less, in 2000. And that was the murder of Valerie Mack, again, murdered and mutilated. Then the Long Island serial killer doesn't operate again for another three years, and going after Jessica Taylor in 2003, murdered, mutilated, and even her tattoo was cut up. Um, the tattoo was left on her body, but cut up. And four years after the murder of Jessica Taylor, there is the murder of Cherry's Jane Doe, 
a woman who had a tattoo of two cherries on her body that was not cut up. She is an unconfirmed victim, but I personally believe that Cherries Jane Doe was indeed murdered by the Long Island serial killer. But that's in 2007. And you're noticing, I'm sure you've seen that there's that one-year gap from 96 to 97 when the killer has only murdered someone to the best of our knowledge one year apart, then waiting three years, then waiting three years again, then waiting four years, I mean 2003 to 2007, and it's not a complete four years, but, I mean, for all intents and purposes. However, for some reason, this killer then decided to attack someone more frequently, attack people more frequently, and also to change the manner in which he was committing the crimes. Because Maureen Brainerd Barnes is the first victim who was not mutilated and her remains were left mostly intact. And like most of these episodes, I'm going to begin by reading a segment from GilgoCase.com on their timeline. July 9th, 2007, Maureen Brainerd Barnes was last seen in her room at the Super 8 Hotel in Midtown Manhattan. She had left her home in Norwich, Connecticut to meet a client she had booked through Craigslist. She was reported missing on July 14th of 2007. Maureen's body would be found in December of 2010 beside Ocean Parkway near Gilgo Beach. She had been strangled. And um, I wish I had some more of the um, sources to throw together for you right now, but to share some things about what I was reading earlier today is that Maureen's sister, Melissa, said um, that more or less, Ma Maureen didn't want to directly talk about being an escort in New York, but the family mostly knew what she was doing. And if there's any source there, that would be coming directly from her sister, Melissa. And also, she did not do this type of out-call visiting very frequently. And this was something that was out of character for her. And the way that Maureen would operate as an escort would be she would rent a motel room or hotel room, even at some of the higher-end names appeared on the list, and the clients would come to those. And she lived primarily in Connecticut, but as you heard, she would go into New York City to rent the room, and then she did not work as an escort full-time. And she also, again, this was very out of the ordinary for her to go visit a client on her own, by herself. And this is how the authorities believed that the Long Island serial killer was operating, trying to lure women away from anybody else, just to get them alone at some point. Because during the press conference, after the release of Shannon Gilbert's 911 calls, I mean, they said very clearly that the reason why they don't believe that Shannon was a victim of the Long Island serial killer is because she had a driver with her. The other victims did not. She had access to a phone and the other victims did not. She was able to call 911 multiple times. The other victims could not. And many reasons, many reasons. But, I mean, that is something to think about. So this person is trying to lure the victims away from any place like a hotel, a motel, a residence. But it was also reported from a friend that Maureen had... Somebody in her life who wasn't exactly like a professional chauffeur, but she referred to him as a cousin, even though he wasn't her biological cousin, but he did a lot of the looking out for her, 
in these situations, and he was not present at that time. So she's in a vulnerable place, and she's targeted by the um, Long Island serial killer. So I would like to go over to gilgonews.com and read the profile for Maureen Brainerd Barnes. Maureen was 25 years old when she went missing and was living at 180 Prospect Street in Norwich, Connecticut. She is believed to have taken an Amtrak train from New London, Connecticut to the Grand Central Terminal in Manhattan on July 6 of 2007. While in Manhattan, she was staying at the Super 8 Motel located at 59 West 46th Street. At the time, Brainerd Barnes, who was 4 feet 11 inches tall, was working as a sex worker, advertising on Craigslist, Backpage, and other websites. She was known to advertise under the names Juliana or Marie. Her routine was to travel to Manhattan for a few days a week to work as an escort, and then return home to Connecticut. While in Manhattan, she was known to stay at the Super 8, the Red Roof Inn, and the, uh, the Red Roof Inn, specifically on West 32nd Street, the Carter Hotel, and the Manhattan Hotel. On occasion, Bo Maureen Brainerd Barnes would travel with another female who worked out of a different room at the same location. And that a female friend would go on to provide uh, lots of um, info. But Brainerd Barnes was reported missing by a friend to the Norwich Police Department on July 14th of 2007. The New York Police Department assisted the Norwich Police Department in the missing person investigation, eventually taking it over. Brainerd Barnes was found on December 13th of 2010 on the north side of the Ocean Parkway near Gilgo Beach during the search for Shannon Gilbert, who had gone missing from Oak Beach. She is believed to have been the first victim in what is known as the Gilgo Four. And um, one quick note about Shannon Gilbert here, the woman whose search started this whole investigation. I mean, as I said very clearly, the authorities knew about a serial killer who had been operating in the area, but they connected many different dots because of the search for Shannon Gilbert. But this particular detail is that Maureen Brainerd Barnes was found on the north side of Ocean Parkway near Gilgo Beach. Shannon Gilbert is the only one of these victims who was found on the south side, like on the, on, on the south side of the Ocean Parkway. And this is another reason why the authorities believe that she was not a victim of the Long Island serial killer. And they believe that, um, that her death was just accidental but that begs the question about like what kind of terror is going on in this part of the country just reading that little segment there i also want to point out that maureen was four feet 11 inches tall which they believe is some type of preference of the long island serial killer definitely targeting women who are much smaller in size i mean four foot eleven five foot five foot one in that particular height range and also that there were people who were looking out for her, particularly that female friend who had the nearby room. So, I mean, this is, just seems like somebody who was very opportunistic. By somebody, I mean the Long Island serial killer. But I have to ask that question a second time, because I have absolutely no idea what is driving this person to commit crimes more frequently and one, one theory in the Long Island serial killer cases, there are, as the Zodiac would say, a hell of a lot more down there. There are many more victims who simply have not been discovered, and that's why there's this infrequent timeline. Committing a crime in 96, then one in 97, one in 2000, three years later, 2003, three years later. No, there actually are many more victims, and the Long Island serial killer is even more prolific than people thought.
but did somebody, such as this Manorville Butcher serial killer, just simply use that area because it was convenient, it was an opportunistic area, and somebody who was a Long Island local wrote into the channel and said, that's one of the most secluded areas in that part of the state, in that part of the island, so that's just a place that somebody would use for a dumping ground, and did somebody just take it over, take over someone else's serial killer territory, as horrible and shocking as that sounds, but I would really hope that the authorities have much more convincing evidence than just, oh, this is just the same geographic area, therefore it has to be the same killer. I mean, it is possible, though, that someone can change their method, but one thing that I was thinking about directly before the start of this recording was, did someone have a type of injury? Like, could you imagine someone is committing these crimes, murdering women, decapitating them, going through the trouble of cutting through bone and tendon, and then, all of a sudden, something has happened to him. Yes, he still has most of his operations, like, like he can operate his body in a normal sense, but maybe he had some type of injury, something like a leg injury or something like that, and it was just much more difficult for him to commit the full acts of mutilating the victims, and he was very frustrated about that, and that's why he decided to commit the crimes more frequently, or I really have no idea. I'm just guessing at that point if it is a single killer. I mean, this is an unsolved case, though. But I would like to go over to another article that is called Police Release Information on the Gilgo Four, and I wanted to read this one because it came out uh, just about 12 days ago, to be precise, and it says, In renewed commitment to solve the Gilgo Beach serial killer murders on Long Island, police are releasing new information on the first four of the ten victims and have increased the reward to $50,000. By the first four, they mean the first um, ones that were discovered and the first victims of the, well, simply known as the Gilgo Four, but they aren't the uh, first ones that were hap that were murdered chronologically. Suffolk County Police Commissioner Rodney Harrison said on Thursday, May 5th of 2022, that he was announcing the release of information on Maureen Brainerd Barnes, Melissa Bartolome, Megan Waterman, and Amberlyn Costello, also known as the Gilgo Four. The four women were located within a quarter mile of one another near Gilgo Beach in December of 2010. All of the new information, along with the info on the victims, has been added to gilgonews.com. A quick look at the four women it shows that they have several things in common. They were all sex workers, who usually worked out of hotel rooms and advertised on Craigslist and Backpage.com. Maureen Brainerd Barnes was 25 years old when she went missing and was living in Norwich, Connecticut. Her routine was that she would travel to Manhattan to work as an escort and then return home from Connecticut. And um, just to throw in an interjection there, as I was reading more about the testimonials from her sister and her one friend earlier today, they also said that Maureen was a straight-A student that in a high school, and she experienced some ups and downs in her life. She also got pregnant at an early age, and she was actually pregnant twice, and she also was battling a drug problem, that being cocaine, even though she did use marijuana, but the cocaine was more of the problematic issue. And it's also important to remember that she didn't work as an escort 
regularly. Like, that wasn't her full-time job. She lived in Connecticut, and she would go into New York to do this sometimes. Brainerd Barnes was last heard from on July 9th of 2007 at 11.43 p.m. when she called a friend in Connecticut. She was reported missing to the Norwich Police Department on July 4th, 14th of 2007. Her body was found on December 13th of 2010 on the north side of Ocean Parkway near Gilgo Beach during the search for Shannon Gilbert. And in another detail that um, we can share is that after they discovered the remains of Maureen Brainerd Barnes, the family had them buried next to her brother. Maureen disappeared in 2007, as previously stated. She was the first uh, victim of the Gilgo Four, and her brother got a tattoo on his arm that said Maureen as part of a tribute during the missing person search, and he passed away in 2009 in a motorcycle crash, and once they discovered Maureen's body and she was identified, then she was buried next to him. So just a big rest in peace to them both. And one website that I've been reading during these Long Island serial killer discussions is from jenniferjslate.com, and she has a page on Maureen Brainerd Barnes that says, A Closer Look at the Long Island Serial Killer. And, and she states that, the body of Maureen Brainerd Barnes was discovered on December 13th of 2010. She had been missing since July 9th of 2007. She was 25 years old. Collectively, Bartolome Costello, Brainerd Barnes, and Waterman are referred to as the Gilgo Four. All four had been strangled and their bodies had been wrapped in burlap sacks and dumped before, dumped within close proximity of each other. Now, about this um, thing, this is a detail that everybody likes to dispute. I don't actually think that all of them were wrapped in burlap. And firstly, they wouldn't have been wrapped in burlap sacks, but rather it would have been rolled burlap. And um, many sources out there say at least two of the victims were wrapped in burlap. And I was thinking, well, which one is it? Is it um, two of them or three or four, at least two of the victims? And I think that... Um, that is a, almost a detail that we don't need to get bogged down on, but that's something that people talk about very frequently. All four women were also escorts who used Craigslist to advertise their services. Many people believe that the killer of these four women is not the same as the torso killer or the Manorville butcher, the killer who had been dismembering women for the last 20 years in the Manorville and Long Island areas. No, that really is true. Many people do not believe that all of these crimes are related, and that would just beg the question, if they're not, then why on earth are all of these dismembered bodies and then strangled bodies turning up in a very close proximity? I mean, I really don't have an answer for it, but um, it is possible for somebody to change their MO and commit the crimes in a different way, or there could be multiple killers, I mean... I'm I'm mostly thinking that it's one killer, but I'm always open to new possibilities, and you can state your response in the comments section down below. And there is a page about Maureen Brainerd Barnes over on CBS News for 48 hours. This one's actually written by Erin Moriarty herself. Melissa Ken cannot forget the late-night phone calls she received from her sister, Maureen Brainerd Barnes, in the summer of 2007. She called at a train station in New York from Penn Station, I could hear the commotion from the train station. I could hear the trains in the background. From the time that she called me, it was proof. She was gone.
Investigators tracked that phone call to a cell tower in Long Island. They knew that there was something very, very wrong here. Three years later, in December of 2010, human remains were found along Ocean Parkway near Gilgo Beach on Long Island. Dominic Verone, then chief of the detectives, was struck by an odd detail. It seemed to be wrapped in burlap, which, you know, didn't make any sense. Kind of odd that he would refer to that that is an it. I mean, is he talking about a human? And the surprises kept coming. I'm called, and chief... I called the chief, and we found another set of remains. They found another one and another one, Verone tells Moriarty. We were dealing with a serial killer. Eventually, ten cents of remains were discovered, and Missy, or Melissa's sister Maureen, and three others were found, and they were dubbed the Gilgo Four. Discarded in a similar fashion, they were placed roughly 500 feet apart, each wrapped in burlap. Although, as I said, not all sources report that. The women also shared other striking similarities. They were all 4'11", very petite, hazel green eyes, says Verone. Today, former FBI agent Geraldine Hart, now a police commissioner, is breathing new life into the case. It's extraordinarily complex, says Hart. We're really aggressively pursuing this case. And... Missy Can also wants answers and justice, too. I also want the world to know that my sister mattered. And it says, uh, body swathed in burlap. Missy Can will never forget the wintry day ten years ago when she got the devastating news. Missy said, it's really, really hard. I miss her so much. I want answers. I just want answers. The remains of her older sister, Maureen Brainerd Barnes, who had been missing for three years, had been discovered in Long Island. And they asked her a question. Was there any relief in at least knowing what happened to your sister? And... Missy Can says, it's worse. You're waiting. I don't know. You know, I don't know what I'm waiting on, and she will never come back. Former Suffolk County Police Commissioner Richard Dormer was stunned to have found the remains of four young women on an isolated stretch of Long Island's Ocean Parkway near Gilgo Beach. Dormer said, it looks like a car pulled up and then opened the door, and the bodies were dumped into the bushes. And by the bushes, I believe he means the rough brush area. When I was looking at the photos, they really don't appear to look too much like bushes, but that's what he said. And then it continues uh, by saying, I think burlap was selected because of its ability to take dampness and moisture and breathe, which would promote decay as well as camouflage. Well, that is something that is in complete contradiction to the Manorville Butcher crimes. Can I just say that one more time? The Manorville Butcher is practically taunting the authorities by dismembering the bodies of the victims and leaving some remains here, some there. And also, one theory with the Manorville Butcher crimes is that the victims are dumped maybe at sea or in a very closely part of the shallow waters and that they're moving to a different place. And a prime example of this is the Fire Island Jane Doe, whose legs were found in 1996, and her skull was found in uh, 2010 after these discoveries, but, but definitely her body has been separated. Also, um, Peach's Jane Doe uh, had part of her body put into a trash can. Cherry's Jane Doe had part of her body put into a suitcase. This person is going to very great lengths to hide the victim's body parts, but the thing that gets me is that he's not hiding them in a very, very well-done well, well done manner. It's so obvious. Someone's going to open that trash can eventually, right? And they're going to find the body. 
and the remains of Peach's Jane Doe, and that's exactly what happened. So, as I said, someone is trying not to get caught, absolutely. This isn't some type of braggadocio serial killer who wants everyone to, to say all eyes on me like Jack the Ripper, the Zodiac Killer, or something like that. This is somebody who is hiding the remains of the victims, but almost wants people to find them. Then all of a sudden, you have a very big twist. I mean, we're talking four months, four months from March of 2007 when the Cherries Jane Doe was murdered to the summer, uh, actually it's um, late spring of 2007, when Maureen Brainerd Barnes is murdered. So why did this person decide to change the way that the crimes were committed? I mean, it makes no sense at all. So Maureen was the first uh, victim of the Gilgo Four, and she disappeared in the summer of 2007. Her sister, Missy, had believed that Maureen had gone to Manhattan for a modeling shoot, and when she was on her way home, she made the call from Penn Station. Oh, about the modeling. Um, Again, I was uh, reading some more info about Maureen Brainerd Barnes earlier today, and as I understand that, that was her cover story, and I believe it's actually from Melissa Ken as well. Um, Melissa is her sister, and she said that she would tell people that she's going into New York for modeling jobs, but it actually started out in an honest way. Like, she found this ad on Craigslist about being a model or try being a model in photo shoots, and she met somebody from that link that she followed online, and that that person introduced her to escorting. So it actually started out that she was pursuing a modeling career, and then that led to escorting. But the point that... um. I believe it's from Missy, it's either that or from the friend, and I apologize again, but they were saying most people knew what Maureen Brainerd Barnes was doing. They either turned a blind eye to it or they didn't want to ask her, and she was an adult and she could go to New York on her own volition, which is exactly what happened, but that is uh, more of just her cover story, that it was a modeling shoot. And she said, um, Missy told Maureen, I'll see you in the morning, I love you. That was the last time I talked to her. And then... Richard Dormer asked her a question. Don't you think it's a coincidence that four bodies ended up in the same area? And Missy said, My sister was a wonderful person, but yes. And over the years, Missy talked about Maureen. She was very smart, she was very creative, and she loved being a mom, and she faced obstacles as a single mom of two with no driver's license nor college degree. And um, about this bigger question, though, is it a coincidence that the bodies ended up in the same area? The Gilgo Four, I think, absolutely not. I mean, to me, I'm pretty sure that was the same serial killer. That could be just what that uh, commenter said, and when he wrote in that it's a secluded area where no one was going to see him discarding the bodies, sure, I follow that. If anybody would like to read a full transcript of the interview that was done with Melissa Can, the sister of Maureen Brainerd Barnes, as well as uh, some other people who have been involved. It is called Inside the Mind of a Murderer, New Clues in the Hunt for the Long Island Serial Killer, and as I said, it is by Aaron Moriarty, available at cbsnews.com. And right now, I would like to turn it over to you guys. What on earth is going on? Much like a lot of these unsolved cases, the more time I spend with them, the less I know what to say, the less I'm able to speculate the less I'm able to guess. I could just do what I've done in other true crime cases and be like, oh yeah, absolutely. 
multiple killers for sure. Yeah, there was one killer from 96 to 2007, and then he somehow figured out that somebody else was dropping bodies in his area, but I I mean, I could guess that, but I, that's not even my theory. I mean, I think there was one killer who chose to stop mutilating the bodies of the victims for some reason. As I said, he could have had some type of injury, or he may have just started deciding to kill more frequently and thought it was unnecessary. And there are lots of reasons why somebody would kill infrequently. As I said, one-year gap, three-year gap, three-year gap, four-year gap. He could have been stationed in the military somewhere. He could have been a seasonal worker. Maybe he wasn't a permanent resident of New York. Maybe he only, you know, like someone who's a job hopper, works a little bit here, works a little bit there. Could have been someone who worked in the boating industry and is coming in and out. There are so many possibilities. And also, because of the fact that no one was able to apprehend this person from 96 to 2007, maybe the killer was growing in confidence. Or, I um, don't even want to guess in this direction, but I will anyway. There could have been some type of bad experience in the sexual department that would have... Um, led to the frequency increasing in attacks on these women, like some type of sexual humiliation going on. I am just throwing out possibilities. As I said, it's it's difficult. It's not easy when you um can't really attribute this um, to a single person. But what do you think? You can wait in the comment section down below. What do you think happened to Maureen Brainerd Barnes and the Kilgo Four? And as always, I'll just keep asking this challenge question. Do you believe the Manorville Butcher and the Long Island serial killer are the same person? The Manorville Butcher operating from 96 to 07, and then from 07 and onward, the Long Island serial killer. Please put your responses in the comment section down below. I would love to read your messages. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and see you on Instagram for the bonus podcast. Until next time.